All right, settle down, people. We've got a lot to cover, and time is short. And it's doggy style. I've got another puzzle for you. If you are wise, you'll listen to gas, man. How the hell did they know that I got gas? A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. Indians call him Gas Man. Get, get, get a lick of this loving. Man, you got to check it out. It'll boogie woogie on your brain. Hate on me for making this song. Got gas on your mind. Some people have said that you're retarded, not me. And my grandmother said to this woman, We're gonna do that gas thing? Yeah, we're gonna do the gas thing. Laugh out loud. Hey, welcome to a brand new edition of Going Global with Gas. Man. There you go, Carl. Call the intern with me here as we do the... Uh, this is a special show we're going to be doing for you for the next couple hours. We're going to be getting into some really heavy topics, and I'm looking forward to it because joining me in studio... Because joining me in studio from the WWE, he is the big Valboski. It's Val Venus. What's up, man? I'm doing excellent. <laughs> I'm doing even better now that I'm in the studio with you getting ready to watch you work, do your thing, and nice. see if I can keep up with you. No, dude, you have no problem. So you were here back in October. I remember we talked a little bit about the marijuana movement, and I know you're a big advocate for the cannabis culture, and which is great. So I think the next couple hours we're going to be talking that. Uh, we'll be hitting up some uh, libertarian ideas, because you are a libertarian. Absolutely. Hardcore libertarian. Hardcore. Very, very much so. Yeah, and we'll get into that, and uh, the police as well. I mean, we got a lot of... Not wow, the you're just you're just, man, throwing fastballs at me. <laughs> but you're so well-versed on that kind of stuff, yes. aren't you? I mean, have you always been that way? No. No. No, absolutely not. So you what know, was I, the turning point? It, you know, it was... Uh, I came out of high school, a hardcore left-wing socialist, without knowing too much about government or caring about government. I just, just the way I was taught. You know, I believed uh, in Canada. You know, I was born and raised and uh, educated there. Um, you know, I thought... Universal health care was a phenomenal thing. It was pounded into my head through the educational system up there, the government-run educational system. Uh, it was pounded into my head through government-licensed media and, of course, my already indoctrinated parents at the time. Uh, so I grew up thinking we had the greatest health care system in the world. And this is just one example. Uh, there's a welfare uh, aspect to it as well that I completely agreed with without put, putting much thought into it. In other words, I had these people that were in, a th- that were in positions of authority that were educating me and feeding me this information. And I just took it as the word of God, basically. And so it wasn't until I started to, uh, you know, I got out of high school about 18 and uh, started wrestling, got into the real world. Um, I had a little run in with Revenue Canada uh, prior to leaving high school. What's that? Uh, Revenue Canada is equivalent to America's IRS. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I ran my own business, I guess you could say it, it is uh, all throughout high school. What were you e- doing? East trough cleaning business, lawn cutting business, okay. hay baling business for farmers. Uh, so, you know, I, I ran a lot of uh, business, but it was just me. I didn't have a business license or anything like that. It was something that I just uh, I went out and pursued uh, acquiring work and acquiring my own customers. Right. Basically. And of course, after four years of that Revenue Canada, 
uh, basically jumped down my throat for operating a business without a business license, uh, not remitting taxes. And so that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, that, that I was the be- Yeah, that was the beginning of a bad government experience that's, for me. That's I mean, almost like a kid on the neighborhood. You know, like when we were kids, you know, we started our own little business of cutting lawns, you know. Right. I mean, yeah. this is one of, that's all basically what you're doing. You're just trying to find like the jack of all trades. I'll do anything you want me to do. You know, this is what I do. And, and exactly. so you tell them like a 12-year-old kid needs to report to the IRS. Right. And so basically uh, how it worked was is when I was doing ease trough cleaning, which, you know, I was banking every fall. You know, I'd fill up all day, I, you know, after schools from Monday to Friday, I'd go around into neighborhoods knocking on doors and saying, hey, listen, I'm going to be in the neighborhood uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh can I schedule you for a time to clean your gutters out uh, before the snow falls? And I would charge $50 at that point in time to do the, and it would only take me half an hour nice. ab- about, you know, nice. and I would literally work from 7 a.m. in the morning till 930 at night, every Saturday and every Sunday, all fall long. Wow, you probably it's, cashed in. Oh, man, I was banking, and I started <laughs> hiring some of my friends. Yeah. And so, you know, I was paying them, too. Well, here was the thing is, to me, this was turning into a big business for right. a kid. And so I started, you know, getting these receipts and giving them to my customers. And, of course, some of them are trying to use that as a write-off for their home. Right. And in my fourth year is when Revenue Canada contacted me and... Because they're getting notes going, Who, what, what was your business? What was it called? It, there wasn't even a name to it. <laughs> there wasn't? There wasn't. It just, my name was just, Sean Morley Gut Cleaner. <laughs> yeah, so, they just, so they're getting this, like, uh, like all this, this Sean Morley, and then they're looking up Sean Morley on, on the line for businesses, and they're like, we don't find anybody like this name, so what's going on? Right. So they get a little investigation, they find you, and they see it's everything you're doing. So Right. And pretty much the, the fourth year that I did East Trough Cleaning, which was my last year of high school, uh, it's actually the fifth year, because we had grade 13 up there. Um, um, and the last year, I basically worked to pay back back taxes. Really? I mean, yeah. What was the big, how much was it a lot? It, it, yeah, it was about three grand. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so it was something that left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I didn't like it. So right. now I'm getting kind of into the real world. Now I start wrestling. And that that was something that weighed on me was what happened uh, with Revenue Canada. And then when I started wrestling, of course, you're in the real world. You have bills to pay now. Right. Uh, and when government's taking, uh, you know, massive amounts for me because I was a contractor, I was paying quarterly. Uh, and, of course, I'm just signing these. Well, I'll tell you what. I think it was Ron Paul that once said it. I could be wrong, but I want to say it was Ron Paul. He says that if, uh, if Americans were left to sign a check over to the IRS every single year rather than having their wages taken out of or having their taxes taken out of their check, there would be a revolution mm. because it's and I, I felt that every year I'm signing over a check to the IRS and it's sickening. It's sickening is, to your stomach. Is it? Well, it's 2003. Uh, excuse me. It was 1913. Uh, President Woodrow Wilson was in, in office and he's the one that signed the bill to pass in the Federal Reserve, which for, I guess, a couple hundred years prior to that, or maybe a hundred and a half years prior to that, had been shut down by presidents. And not only that, but I think presidents who also been killed. I mean, I wouldn't put it past that Lincoln was because uh, he wanted to go to the greenback. Absolutely. And I think, believe, uh, President Kennedy was another president that wanted to go back to the greenback. Absolutely. And Actually, uh, President Kennedy signed in executive order. I want to say it was 11110. 
And there was a short period of time after he signed that bill that took all the power away from the Federal Reserve. And he started uh, to produce uh, American currency, which is what Congress's job is. Right. And uh, that didn't last very long. I think it was four to six months later he was shot and killed. And, of course, it was quietly the power for producing currency was quietly reverted back to the Federal Reserve, the mm. central banking cartel, which is a completely private enterprise. Right. Uh, so, yeah, these people aren't joking around. And, and it's it's something that when you have the power, your product – Ford creates a product, and it's a Ford car, truck, whatever the case may be, uh, and we have competition uh, from other countries as well, not not just within our own country, but I mean, we have uh, Nissan, Toyota. We have foreign countries that all compete. However, when it comes to currency, there is a government-protected monopoly on the private central banking cartel's product, and that is the Federal Reserve note. And all that is is paper and ink backed by nothing in very few cases. In most cases these days, it's a single piece of data on a server. Right. And that's it. There's nothing of value there. The only, the only reason that this fiat currency has value is because of Americans' faith that that $1 bill is going to buy them a loaf of bread today. Mm. We're finding out quite quickly, actually, with Russia right now. They have a fiat currency over there called the ruble, and it is collapsing drastically right now. And uh, people are, you know, their, their life savings, uh, they're going out and spending it on hard products, uh, cars, jewelry, uh, things that once the ruble completely collapses, they'll still have some value. I got you. You know, so it's like they're a little investment in a sense. Exactly. They see what's happening to their currency. And right. uh, and so, you know, the, the citizens are, uh, I guess, making moves in order to protect their buying power in the future, because staying in the ruble right now isn't going to protect your buying power. And it's the same thing with the American dollar. Right. At some point, it's going to come to an end. The, the American dollar is going to lose all of its buying power. And if you I mean, if you work for 40 years and you have a million dollars you know, in the bank and you're living decently in retirement, well, it could be next year that million dollars isn't going to buy you a loan for bread. Hmm. You know, it gets that bad. It could, right. Absolutely. I remember the Iraqi dollar was pretty ridiculous in how it got and everything. There, yeah, the dinar over yeah, there. Yeah, right. yeah. Remember it, the, the, it took like thousands of them to get something really small and cheap. It's, it's really interesting how it all works out, to be honest with you. And, you know, I know our dollar almost collapsed and, you know, people are praying for that to happen, you know, the big, the two big uh, to fail banks, you know, I guess keeping us together uh, in order, in, in their words, I guess you can say, or in their eyes, they feel like that. I mean, of course, we had that big, uh, the the bill, the omnibus bill that just passed a couple yeah. of days ago. Was it yesterday, I believe, or Monday? Uh, no, yeah, it or, was Monday. Yeah. And uh, there's a, the biggest thing in there, and they're already getting set up for the collapse in my, in my belief. I believe that they are getting ready for the collapse. They have just put the taxpayers of America on the hook right. for. Or, wait for it, 303 trillion, not billion, mm. trillion dollars once the massive, the, the world's largest bubble ever in the history of God's green earth. This is the biggest bubble ever, and it's the derivatives bubble. Once that pops, you can kiss the American dollar's buying power goodbye. Mm. And uh, so they base, I mean, this is on the banks. Uh, the banks have taken risky investments with our dollars, uh, and they've stacked up their risk that they know they cannot uh, honor to the tune of $303 trillion. And government, with this new omnibus bill that just came out, government has now saddled taxpayers to 
bail out the banks once again, but it's not just the mortgage bailout. That's going to be an ant mound compared to what's coming. Right. What's coming is Mount Everest. Um, Congressman from Kansas, Kevin Yoder, Republican, is the one that snuck the Citibank language into the bill. Um, I couldn't even tell you or even find you maybe one person maybe in all of America that would approve of this. So at what point do we as citizens of this country start recognizing, and I already have, but I mean everybody really to recognize that the ones that are in charge and pulling the strings for us, at least the ones we get to see, you know, the, the, the faces of the strings, you know what I mean, are the ones that are, 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 the ones that are screwing everyone over. Are you a big Republican? You vote Republican? You, you vote the, 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 the party line every single time, no matter what it is? Well, you need to open your eyes because these people are doing this to you. You're the one that's going to be affected. You're the one that's got to pay. It's, all right, see, this is what really bugs me about this whole thing is the fact that it doesn't really feel like there's a voice for us, you know, in, right. in, in the Congress and in the, in the Senate. They don't give a shit about us. No, they not at all. don't. And I and I find it so mind boggling to, to find people that support those people, you know, that back them up, that defend them. Right. I, right. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. No, it's absolute insanity. I mean, it, it is. It's it's crazy what's happening in terms of government acquiring acquiring control over every aspect of citizens' lives. Uh, it's not. I mean, obviously, the financial and the economic control over citizens' lives is uh, incredibly important to these sycophants, and that's exactly what they are. They're sycophantic, mm. power hungry, control freaks right. that are that are basically lured or not lured. They're attracted to the uh, to the political process. Uh, th- they love to have uh, power and control over citizens' lives. And so once those type of people, those sycophants, get in that get into that position and acquire that kind of power, it's uh, th- I mean, th- they'll lie to your face. They'll promise you the world and then stab you in the back when you vote them into power. Uh, it, it's crazy. But it's it's like they, they can't hide from this, you know. So in order to do something like that, they, they have to figure, like, hey, I'm – I'm taking one for the team, you know. Um, this this Kevin Yoder, uh, he's. I'm looking at his Facebook page right now, and he he put up a nice little Happy Hanukkah page, you know, a Happy Hanukkah post, and every single comment is, "You scumbag, <laughs> you you lying piece of shit, you, you bribing asshole motherfucker," you know, it's like all of it. No matter yeah. what he puts up there, it's it's this nasty. Because it should be. It well, should be what this guy has done to people who trust them. And as we do, we trust them to take care of us, and they're not taking care of us. No, they're not. No, absolutely. Well, here's the problem. Uh, this congressman is going to be taken care of. He doesn't have to worry about putting food on the table. That's going to be there for him and his family for the rest of his life. So he doesn't care what kind of comments we say. We're peasants to him. I mean, what we say, I mean, he, right. probably, he probably doesn't even hear it. In one ear out the other. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't yeah. care. Right. It's not like a, a business owner or an, an employee where, I mean, if you're a business owner, you have to work hard to keep your business going and afloat and growing in order to keep food on your table and a roof over your head and gasoline in your car. These are daily worries for business owners, for employees. Politicians don't have to worry about this. They have lifelong pensions. They never have to worry about paying a mortgage. They're set. So they don't care. So what's next for them? What's next for them is acquiring more power and control over the peasants' lives. Mm. And they can do that by lying to you, by uh, getting 
getting their their connections with media to to push their agenda for them. Uh, and let's face it, a lot of Americans are still asleep at the wheel. More and more are waking up every day, but there's still an enormous amount that are asleep at the wheel. And until the majority of Americans wake up and understand what's happening to them, I mean, we're having our buying power literally stolen from us. Right. Stolen. Yeah, it's right in front of our eyes. Absolutely. And that is so disturbing. Here's here's what's disturbing. We go back to the early 1800s and the Boston Tea Party. People revolted over a minuscule tax on tea. Today, a cop can choke you out on on a New York City street and kill you. And what do we have? People still sitting around going ho hum. Right. We're starting right. to see some protests now, right. Right. but it's not enough. It's not even close to being enough. There, there needs to be something to really activate. I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some options that people can do and how they can be pro- proactive in uh, making some changes happen peacefully, by making some changes happen. Absolutely, um, we'll do that. We'll jam some tunes though. This is from our, my friends out in uh, Denver, Colorado. Coral Thief is their name. Brand new tune from them called Hypnotizer, and it's right here on Going Global with Gas. Carl?
reggae music to get you going here on your Saturday afternoon as we are broadcasting from the Phoenix studios at voiceamerica.com. Variety Channel, Going Global with Gas Man, is the show that you are listening to on the air till 3 p.m. Pacific time. And joining me today is uh, we have had a nice discussion prior to this break, and he's uh, Sean Morley from the WWE, otherwise known as... Val Venus, the big Val Boski. <laughs> Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also got a third identification as well. He Absolutely. is Captain Cannabis, and we're going to discuss that a little bit later on in the show. So uh, you, we were talking earlier about um, basically our rights being taken away from us. You're, you're a hardcore libertarian. You, you follow what's happening. You keep in tune with, with what's going on. Um, we talked about you know the banks manipulating our rules, manipulating our uh, representatives in the, in the office. Um, we, we left it off basically where people or what people can do in order to be more proactive instead of just standing by the sidelines. Hey, nothing to see here. Just keep moving on. Keep shopping. Keep shopping. You know, nothing to see here. You know, it's pretty much what we're told. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So w- what should people do? Are people, I think, more scared to get involved because the NSA is spying on us? And Yeah, and that's, and that's a huge thing as well. I mean, with this NSA thing, I mean, how Americans are so asleep at the mm, wheel to sick. even let the NSA come into power? I mean, let's be honest here. Th- this doesn't just spy on private citizens, private activities. Uh, this also allows the central banking cartel that, make no mistake about it, they own everything. Why do they own everything? Because because everything's been bought with their product, and that product is borrowed money. Right. It's borrowed fiat currency. They literally own, by default, everything, including yeah. the NSA. So the question, the question begs for an answer, and that is, can we now ever trust any president, or let's go even further up, could we ever even trust another Supreme Court justice to make the right decisions when they can be blackmailed mm. with information that is acquired from the NSA. God, man, Scalia has been saying some stupid shit lately, and I'm just kind of scared about these guys. That Absolutely. Are they are, being blackmailed? I mean... You know, well, it's right. I mean, I couldn't... I, look, uh, I, I really feel that there are, like, those small few that are pulling the strings, and yes... They have their hands up the sleeves of the the Supreme Court. I have no doubt about that. Absolutely. There's, 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 I even think that as soon as a republic or, or a person gets into office, they probably get pulled aside and say, "Hey, listen, you're going to play the game. Otherwise, you're going to say goodbye." Yeah, and who knows in reality what happens on that right, end? Right. Um, you know, it, it very well could be. Uh, I don't think they'd be that blatant about it. I think there's more. Um, I guess kind of. Uh, it just seems weird. It is. It's just it's, because you're preaching, preaching this. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix this. And once you get in, you just flip. You flip everything. And, and everything. Think, absolutely. And that's what Americans have to understand. That it's. It doesn't matter whether you, you can get all excited about Barack Obama, the first black president to become uh, a leader of the free world, um, and we, we can get all excited about it. We know what happens when they get into office. Right. It happens every single time. Right. And so uh, I think a big aspect of uh, changing the paradigm and having a huge shift in, in, in the way Americans think about how the country should be run is going to be understanding history because history has repeated itself over and over and over again. I never learned about the collapses of empires before us and right. why they collapsed throughout school. I learned about 
Canada's process. I learned about America's current process. I never learned about why these processes are bad because they've already been done and failed in the past so many times before. America's not the first country to think of universal health care. Canada's not the first country to think of universal health care. The Roman Empire used to to have different aspects of a a universal health care. And it all failed. I mean, there's never been a place on the face of God's green earth where social Socialism or anything that resembles socialism, whether it be fascism, Marxism, whatever the case may be, there is no place on the face of God's green earth where it has succeeded. It's failed every time. And the problem is history doesn't teach that. And that's, again, going back to government education. They don't want Americans to understand history. If they understand history, they'll know what we're doing today is going to lead us down that path to failure. It's the weirdest thing to know the, the to know the saying to repeat the past, you know, to to learn from your mistakes, the whole deal and everything. Yet we still do. I, I it's the weirdest again, it's like we're in this weird netherworld. This with this but we're in a bizarre world now. It oh, really absolutely. feels like a bizarro world where I, I can tell you every, every like I said before, is that every person I run to the streets knows what's going on, but like we're helpless, <laughs> you know? And it's, a lot of Americans feel helpless. And yeah. let's face it, with today's police state, trying not to be helpless and trying to be active can be a dangerous pursuit. Yes. Absolutely and, it can be. And you think, you know, 1913, I mean, it seems like this kind of this master plan. I've seen this movie called Zeitgeist. Yes. Uh, it was a real interesting movie, and they've done Very a couple of addendums on it. So they've, uh, there's a lot of uh, redoing on it and everything like that. But, you know, just the fact of, uh, you know, this plan to take over is uh, kind of in front of our eyes right now. We're seeing it unfold in a sense because I believe there was this process to get to this point, this process of sedating Americans, you know, with fast food and processed foods and, and getting us sick, getting us um, stuck to the teeth of, of uh, pharmaceuticals, you right. know, and, and stuck to, the, uh, to that, you know, and, and must do this, must shop, pay your bills, you know. Just, and it is an enslavement. There's just no ways about Absolutely. that. So now here we are. We're sedated. We're, we're, we're lackadaisical. We're, we're, we're zombies, man. We're, we're the walking dead. There's no doubt oh, about it. Absolutely. And now they're going to pull the rug from, excuse me, now they're, they're going to pull the rug from underneath us. And now we're going to be like, oh, what happened? Yeah. How did this yeah. get this way? Yeah, it's it's crazy when you look at what's happening out there. I mean, it, for me, it's it's frustrating because I'm so involved and I'm passionate about it. And one of the reasons I'm extremely passionate about freedom and liberty is the fact that I have a nine-year-old little girl and a five-year-old little girl. And the direction that we're moving in and the and the speed that which, which we're moving in that direction is is scary. Yeah. I mean, if it's already this much of a of a police state that we have today that's completely controlled by by, uh, a private central banking cartel, what's it going to be like when my daughters become adults and get out into that working world and want to start families of their own and they want to have kids? I mean, it's going to be a point in time where uh, in, uh, th- their dollar's not going to buy them anything. We're, we're literally living in a in a third world status with crumbling first world infrastructure. Right. It's that bad. And, and once the American dollar collapses, everything disappears. Uh, I mean, obviously... Uh, 
there'll be a reset. The problem is they're building up the police state so much that the reset will be controlled by the same people that engineered the failure in the first place. They'll still be in control. And so and they're developing the police state right now to make sure that they're still going to remain in control. And it's just scary. So what do you, okay, scary. So what do you think their ultimate end goal is? Is to really keep us as, as worker bees for them, uh, worker ants, whatever it is? Because, I mean, I don't know if you can tie this in. I've seen and heard things about this and maybe carl could jump in too if you uh, got a point on this but um aliens man from i mean do you believe in aliens i don't you don't believe in I aliens i don't believe in aliens because they, they say they walk amongst us i wish i believed in aliens. <laughs> why don't you I, believe in aliens? i find them fascinating well i, I just I, I, never seen one is that why um i am a christian so i, I do believe in jesus and okay. i'm kind of a libertarian christian at that i believe okay. jesus was a libertarian um, and, I agree with that. You know, he, totally, he, he, totally with you. He, he never used force on anyone. He right. gave you the choice to follow in his word or not follow in his word. Uh, and so, you know, when you're left with a choice like that, I like that aspect. And so the other reason I believe in Jesus is because... I hope to hell he's real because I do not just want to die and, and turn to dirt. And that's the end of it. That just sucks. Why would you ever want to believe in something like that? I know, right? It just I know. sucks. Just that you just, just turn into dust, nothing yeah. else. I see. I believe we, we move on. Yeah, um, and I hope we do. I do, too. I, I mean, there's that drug DMT. I, Is that what it's called? I've never tried it, but so many people have told yeah, me. It might about change it. your perspective that's on everything. Every, that's what everybody says. You know, because it supposedly is tied into your pineal gland. And it's tied into your third eye, in a sense, of taking you to your subconscious, or at least uh, leaving your body is what it is. I guess it's the outer body experience. They, they call it the spirit molecule. Yeah, the spirit yeah. molecule. So it is, it's basically who we really are. Yeah. You know, we're like, we're yeah. renting these bodies. You know, we're just in, for the interim, in a sense, we're, I think, eternal lasting beings that I don't know what happens to us afterwards, but we're going to find out. And I think it's, yeah. it's going to be a magical thing, man. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. Oh, yeah. I, I think we, because I think... I mean, out of all the planets and, and you know, you know, galaxies we have, I mean, it's really difficult to think we're all alone. But I also think that we have, we must have some kind of, like, superpower, you know? We talked about this last week on our show. How can, <laughs> we, not? How can we not have How a did power? you come up with the idea that we have a superpower? <laughs> well, you know, the Avengers and everything. <laughs> no, oh. But I'm thinking, like, there's got to be something that we have as a, as a community of people, as human beings on this planet. Um, we, all, we all have an energy. Right. We're all made of energy. Right. So... How do we turn that into a positive? How can we use that to our advantage to make a better life for us on this planet? Right. And that's what I think is being broken up on us is with, you know, if you go with the alien, you know, um, storyline, you know, you have good and bad aliens. You have the bad aliens who want to destroy us, you know, in a subtle way that they're doing. And you have the good aliens who are trying to help us, but we have to figure that out ourselves, you know? Right. You know, and if I may, I think that what, what the people who pull the strings have essentially done is created a society or an American culture where you're on one side or you're on the other side. Right. Division. And so as you talk about, you know, the dollar and how it controls us and, and how, you know, the people who pull the strings and we're the peasants and they're just, you know, running our lives. Essentially what they've done is they've created two sects of society who can't get along. So they don't have to worry about them ever getting along to create a revolution. Yeah, exactly. That's very, very good point. Yeah. Absolutely. It, 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 and that's, you know, and so my idea has, and, and I, I believe in Jesus as well. And it, it, I'm, I'm so happy to hear you're like, hey, I'm a libertarian Christian. I'm like, I've never heard that before. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And here's the thing. The other thing I always tell people is 
Jesus didn't preach hate. Jesus told you just, it doesn't matter what the other person does. You're, you just, you preach love. Right. And if we can turn that, it, it sounds gooey or whatever you call it, you know, mushy or whatever. But honestly, um, if, if, if people would just stop it, hating each other. Yeah. Car- I think I think we'd have a big turnaround. But there's a stigma against people loving each other as being gooey well, and soft, stigma. and we're gonna hug some trees and sing kumbaya together. But I don't fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, why not? Is also that if we disagree, we're not supposed to get along, and to me, that's bullshit. Right. Disagreeing makes right. great friendships because it makes for great conversation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, I agree with you. you and, know, and, and you know, quite frankly, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, you know. To me, he, he's a, he was a phenomenal figure in history because any guy that can turn uh, an ounce of weed into a pound is a okay with me. <laughs> you know he did. You know he Absolutely. did. Absolutely. I think uh, David Cross has a, has a bit about that, a very funny comedy bit about uh, Jesus. Like, Jesus, you can turn the sage into <laughs> something. In- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you know it, it, obviously, if you, you do agree with us and you believe he was the creator of the world, then... You have to would you would imagine that cannabis was created by the creator Him, right. of the world, you, yeah. And you would you know I would I would think if there's not to jump too much into another topic too soon, but I think if there was something he'd want you to do with it, it would probably be to help cure people's ills, <laughs> right? You know, and use well, you would it think for its medicinal purposes, and, and you would think that the, that the people who followed his preachings would you know pick up the slack <laughs> you know, why to, are you, why are you against right. helping people it is right. it is a very bizarre double standard that they give themselves is that they they're so loyal to the bible they're so loyal to the the, the teachings yet they don't follow through on them you right. know I and mean, they just don't i mean there's some that do don't get me wrong but uh the one that sent you hate mail that you posted oh. on facebook oh, i want to discuss next hour though yeah absolutely and we we'll get definitely in, do that. We'll, we'll get into some drugs next hour i want to talk about marijuana uh can your, we actually smoke some marijuana before we talk about marijuana i think we might be able to handle that all right that's excellent good <laughs> um, job before before we do go i want to let you guys know though i am uh i, I would consider myself an agnostic okay Okay, and I believe there's got to be something there. I'm not quite sure what it is. Right. I mean, there's there's got to be a reason for all of this. There really does. And I don't know what it is. Um, I guess I'll find out when I need to find out. Right. But that's fine with me. I don't care. Whatever floats your boat to do your thing. It really comes down to the harmony of human beings working together and living together. That's going to save this planet. I mean, it's just, it is such a, uh, a boiling kettle right. that we're well, in right now. I'll tell you exactly what's happened. Uh, the central banking cartel, which we can go all the way back to the Rothschilds, um, they're the oh, ones yeah. that kind of learned, I guess, from uh, the Romans, basically, when they were scraping silver out of their out of their currency, out of their coins. Uh, and by the time they, the uh, the Roman Empire collapsed, I mean, there was barely any silver in their coins at all. It was they'd scrape it out and they'd make more coins, mm. increasing the money supply. Well, the Rothschilds figured out how to do that without having to use uh, you know commodities that were valuable. They can literally print money out of thin air. And they've literally taken over almost every big central bank in the world, except for a couple of different countries. I believe Iran and Syria happen to be one. Right, North Korea Uh, too, right? North Korea, The axis of evil, right? Right. So it seems like the countries that that are our enemies are the ones that aren't central. Their central banks are not owned by the Rothschilds. Right. Uh, And so there's... Well, I think what the Rothschilds have done and the entire central banking cartel, because it's not just the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, the whole Rockefeller clan's mm. involved in that as well. The Dutch, uh, the, the royals in, the, in Holland as well, they're involved in that. Um, I, what, it, what they've done essentially is 
by default, they've taken over the education system of every country that they own a central bank in. And that educational system has taught people that, hey, you're not supposed to violate another individual's right to life, liberty, or property unless you vote someone into power to do it for you. Hmm. And that creates, uh, obviously, angst amongst citizens. Because quite frankly, I don't like when people vote in a, a socialist Democrat that wants to raise my taxes and redistribute the money that I earned. Right. And so that makes me angry. And when we have a Republican or anyone else that gets into power that's for smaller government and they start to lower taxes, well, then you have the other side saying that, hey, we have a right to welfare. We have a right to a social safety net. You can't be cutting taxes like that. Well, tax Taxes are another word. It's just a desensitization word for theft. And so, but you ask the left if taxes are theft and they'll tell you straight to your face, taxes are not theft. It's your patriotic duty. And so we've all been brainwashed into believing that it's okay to violate another person's right to life, liberty, and property. And as long as we vote someone into power to do it for us, it's yeah. legit. And it's not legit. It's, it's criminal. Yeah. You're just passing the buck off. And <laughs> you tell me if I can't steal money out of your paycheck, how can I vote someone into power to do it for me? It's still theft. On your end, you're still getting money ripped out of your pocket. Nowhere in the IRS tax code. I'm not quite sure about Canada's, but here in America, I've seen the movie called Freedom to Fascism. Aaron Russo. Aaron Russo, right. Yes. It's an amazing movie. And, it's, and if that doesn't piss you off, I don't know what will, is the fact that Nowhere in the tax code does it say that you should be paying on your uh, your worked income on your on your labor. Right. Yeah. It's no, not in there. It's not in there. But regardless of whether it's in there or not, we should not have an IRS. Right. That's because they came in in the same time the Federal Reserve came in. Right. Absolutely. It was, it, was a, it was a package deal. It was a package deal. Absolutely. And that was to gain control over right. American citizens' daily lives. Right. And we literally depend on that Federal Reserve note. Mm. Of course, that's now being challenged with coins like Bitcoin. Right. Uh, Which failed out. That kind of fizzled. Oh, uh, it? it's still it's, hanging. It, what happened was is when it became a, a big sensation when it really started to get out in the news people started to understand that hey we can actually buy and sell and not have any record of it whatsoever Hmm. that's some pretty serious privacy right there people started to love it and of course because that initial uh love for the Bitcoin. I mean, it went over $1,000 for a coin. Uh, And then, of course, uh, with Mt. Gox crashing and all that, obviously, there's going to be some security concerns that they got to work out still. Uh, It crashed, but it's still over $300. It's getting closer to $400. It's stabilized now, Hmm. which is what we were looking for. And so I'm not saying Bitcoin is going to, uh, you know, completely take over. But I know as more and more people learn about Bitcoin, like myself, uh, it seems much more attractive. It's a much better way to buy and sell. It has its it has its cons, of course. But I want to we'll, we'll get ahead into the song. We'll come back. We'll we'll continue this discussion. I want to talk about your thoughts on a future without money. Ooh, are you familiar with the Venus Project? The Venus Project. Yeah, it has nothing to do with your name. I was just about to ask <laughs> that. The Venus Project. No, no I am not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't do, do with your name, but it, it is a uh, a world where um, there's no money. And people have to pitch in. They have to chip in themselves, and you have duties, and everyone has to take care of the. It's just communal. It's like a little, you know. Okay, yeah. Let's co- definitely talk about that. Yeah, when we well, get back. We'll, absolutely. Yeah, right on, man. All right, we're gonna play a tune from Punch Face from the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. I'm not quite sure if they're together anymore, but I really dig this tune. You will too. It's called Sleep Forever. So don't. But we'll come back in a few minutes and discuss more with uh, Val Venus from the WWE. It's the big, the big Val Boski hanging out with us, going global with gas. Man. Mm-hmm. 
This is it, second chance Can't go back Hypothetically, this is real More or less, I will learn to agree
going global with gas, man, and that is Punch Face with Sleep Forever. It's independent music. That's what we do here. It's tomorrow's music today, as I like to say. Or another quote I have is better even. Tomorrow's music, today's world. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. We, I need, we need to print T-shirts with that on it. I do t- I'm down, man. I got my th- I got my shit, man. I'm ready to roll. Uh, that's Val Venus from the WWE, a.k.a. Sean Morley, who's online. You are a Facebook fan. You are a Facebook man. You are online. You do your thing. Um, a lot of followers. Uh, very vocal. You're very open with your opinions. Um, not afraid of the man, as you shouldn't be. But I, uh, I think a lot of times when I see on Facebook – Someone posts something. I think people back away. I'm not jumping on that. You know, I'm not. I'm right. not getting in on that. You know, and I'm like, I don't care. You know, I mean, but there are some I won't jump on. Like, right. like if it's a hardcore right wing, just you know, they're just spewing vitriol. You know, they're just being mean and nasty to people, and because you know they're right and everyone else is wrong. You know, it doesn't matter. You can't discuss reason with them. They won't listen to you. Right. It's their way or the highway. And I'm like, you know what? I just don't want them hunting me down. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, because these are the people that will do that. Yes, absolutely. It's crazy. But I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, government from top to bottom. I mean, yeah. we're talking all the way from, and let's exclude the central bank cartel that runs the government. Let's talk about everything from the president all the way down to your, uh, you know, your street patrol policemen, uh, even your, your, your welfare clerks. Uh, they're all basically come from that sycophantic uh, power-hungry power yeah. control freaks. That They have that mentality. Right. Uh, they feel like they know how you should be living your life better than you do. Hmm. And it's a sycophantic way to think. And it's, it's, it's scary. It really is. Well, it's a religious thing as well. I mean, they can see the hardcore religious zealots who are just you know, condemn everything if you don't live their way. Right. You know, then you have the pol- politicians or the political people that way is of the same. Now you're getting it from two ends, you right. know. Right. And it's so funny because when you, you know, talk about people, you know, when you see all these crazy rules going against us, like who's for that? Nobody's for Nobody's in the streets protesting for that for us. But when you take away our rights, we protest. But nobody's like, in the streets fighting for you to t- or, you know, rooting for you to take away our rights. Right. That's, that's another thing. There's a, there's a discourse, you know, between us and, and, and the ones that are, you know, writing the rules for us and telling us how we're supposed to live. And we've had so much freedom for so long. And now we're starting to see that dwindle away at a slow rate. Because I think if you took it too fast, then, then it would be mass riots. I think there's no. I don't think we have freedoms anymore. We don't have we, freedoms. It's an Look, illusion, isn't it? it? Absolutely, it's an illusion. Listen, yeah. in a free country, you should absolutely have the right to trade your work, labor, skill, and talent for someone else's property on a voluntary basis. So, for example, if you're a talented drywaller and I need some drywall done, you and I should be able to make an agreement where I will compensate you for your work, labor, skill, and talent putting drywall in my home. And there should be no interference in that private agreement between you and I. Right. Here's the problem in america today you are not allowed to make that kind of agreement unless the man gets his cut irs taxes and you are not allowed to work unless you guarantee that the that the government will get a percentage and it's whatever percentage that they determine of your of your wages of your the property that you justly acquired from trading your work labor skill and talent they need to get a percentage of that in order to allow you to work if you do not voluntarily give them, voluntarily with quotes, <laughs> voluntarily let them extract that property out of your paycheck, then you would be considered a criminal, tax evasion. So let's, let's think about that. In America, the fr- 
in quotes again, the freest nation in the world. You are not allowed to trade your work, labor, skill, and talent unless you agree to give a percentage to the government. We are not free. And it starts there. Where, what else do you want me to hit on? <laughs> well, that's, that, that's where that whole under the table came from. Right. We should oh, yeah, but under the under table, the you're table. considered a criminal. Exactly. Right. You know? So it's, it's scary. It is scary. And, you know, I, look, I don't have a problem pitching in. You know, I think it is kind of a duty of American citizens to be pitching in on a better life for all of us. Um, but we're pitching in and nothing's really turning on into our favor. No, we're dropping we're, bombs on little kids in Pakistan. Yeah, it's, you know? it's it, disgusting, it's, man. It's, it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. So, you know, you think about, you know, like, hey, I'm giving money. But you know what? You know, I play the lottery. I don't see our schools getting better. I pitch in. My, the roads are shitty <laughs> right. out there. The bridges, everything, our infrastructure is falling apart. We don't care. It's it's a really weird, bizarre Where's our money really going? Where's the transparency? We, we, it's not there. It's not about money. Well, the lottery is a big scam in and of itself anyways. Oh, absolutely. That you is. know, as far as preying on, you know, underprivileged people or citizens who don't have a lot of money, you notice, you know, the, the majority of the people who play the lotto are the people who can't really afford to play the lotto. Yeah, they've done study. I've yeah. seen some weird studies on that. I mean, it's not oh, absolutely. even... They're preying on him. I think it was uh, the Colt... Not Colbert. It was... Um, this last week tonight with John Oliver, they did a thing about the about the lottery. So if you have a moment, do that. But do that on your own time, not now. John um, Oliver. John Oliver on HBO. Have you ever seen this show? No, I haven't. Oh, you need to watch it, man. All it's right, I'll check really it out. good because he ended up uh, talking about stories that are huge. You're like, how come I never heard of this story? Like, I, okay, this is a good example. He did a story on Iraqi interpreters helping our troops in Iraq for IEDs and what have you, this and that. And... They're, they should be on a fast track to citizenship here in America. You know what I'm saying? Don't you think? The, the interpreters? The, the, the interpreters in Iraq helping our soldiers not blow up by IEDs oh, and I not know you. where everybody else is. You know what I mean? Help them out in there. They should be on the fast track to citizenship. I, I'm an open border guy. You're Completely a, open border. I don't believe in even, I don't even believe in border patrol or it's, immigration. It's kind of stupid, to be honest with yeah. you. But, um, but yeah, so they ended up uh, bringing a donkey from Iraq in before they brought in these men who... <laughs> <laughs> it's a really fucked up story, man. And it'll it'll piss you off. It'll really piss you off. And he's all, you'll, you'll be pissed at this donkey after the story. And like, it's not really a donkey I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off at this ridiculous, you know, uh, tape you got to run through to, just to get, you know, uh, you know, like for helping the government like that. Again, it should be like a fast track to straight citizenship. What you're doing, helping our country, helping our soldiers not die. Right. Be like, hey, come on in, man. Let's set you up. We're good. Right. I mean, but, but then again, here we go. We're talking about uh, what is happening while we're at war. Right. But again, that's it's, it's a distraction because we should be talking about heck. Why did we even go over there in the first well, that's, place? Yeah, that's another story. And so, it, but that's how that's how it works. Is is we go over there in, in a very criminal fashion and we start uh, occupying and invading another country and. Then to get the light off of that criminal activity, we start talking about, well, interpreters and, and we start talking about, uh, oh, the, uh, you know, ISIS is now filling the void when Obama pulled out. We're, we're talking about all these different things when we should be saying, hey, we went over to Iraq. We literally uh, demolished another foreign government that was not at war with us. And we literally set up our own puppet uh, government on behalf of the central banking cartel and we stay distracted by 
issues like should these interpreters come over here you know let's let's be let's be free let's get rid of immigration service anybody that wants to come over here should be able to come over here yeah. and let's just respect everyone's right to life liberty or property if i can't steal from Wait. you if i can't kill you right. if i can't beat you up if i can't uh, take your home from you i shouldn't be able to vote someone into power to do it for me for any reason and of course, that's that's but the hey, only way things are going to change. But there's a McDonald's in that street corner over there. Oh yeah, let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> let's go, yeah, yay McDonald's! <laughs> I need to get some blinking shoes. You know, forget all that stuff. That's boring. Yeah, I don't want to get involved, dude. Right, and that, that's, <laughs> that's how we get distracted. That is how we get distracted. You know? So everybody's just so mindless, and that they just follow. They're they're, they're sheeples. What it really comes down they're, to? They're 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 sheep drawn to the latest big news story. That, like you're saying, is, is is a distraction from what's really going on. But you and you meet these people in like, person, about, you know, and, Ebola thing. Yeah, and you just watch these people in person. Like, hello, the lights are on, but I don't think anybody's home here. You know, there's a yeah. lot of those kind of people out well, in, the, in the world. We're creating a. I, I think technology and is creating a mindless society, and I don't. I, I you know, who knows if the government has a, a play in that as well? Yeah, I think we're. It goes, but I think there's a movie called Idi- *Idiocracy* or something yeah. like that, and it talks about the dumbing down of society. And these guys come from the past and are super smart because they didn't, you know, conform to what was going on and just dumb themselves down so they couldn't make decisions. Yeah, that's what's happening that's here. What's happening is yeah. we're creating a society of people who can't make decisions on their own, so they have to turn to somebody. Right, and that's yeah, a, 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 Jerry that's a, Springer. It's a bummer Jerry Springer, deal. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. that's, a, that's who they're turning to. All right, so we're gonna hit uh, a couple of tunes. We're gonna come back, and uh, I do want to get to the uh, the, the uh, imagine a world without money. We didn't okay. really, we didn't really touch upon that, and then we'll get into Captain Cannabis. Captain Cannabis. That so we're is, gonna talk a little weed, are we're, we? We're gonna talk some weed, man. And uh, how uh, about how about we go smoke some weed <laughs> during, during these few songs here? You mean some medicine. Some medicine. Well, you can call it. I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to call it my all-natural do-everything plant. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do that. I got Sun Club right here. They're from Maryland. I really dig these guys. You will, too. They're kind of a unique sound, and this one will kind of describe their sound. It's called Weak Friend Winter Club, and it's independent music you can only hear right here on Going Global with Gas. Man. You know it's not like me to
do you call that haircut? Oh no, rock and roll. <laughs> How are you high right now, Ken? Am I high? Are you on drugs or is this your naturally moronic self? some weed he's so funny isn't he yeah you know super joint don't you Dude, yeah yeah oh, absolutely he hot came rock? In, uh, yeah he came and uh, yeah. performed at our at our cannabis vapor lounge, <laughs> the purple haze house yeah and, uh, yeah he's a uh, he's actually he's pretty good man <laughs> he is he's pretty good, good. He is absolutely good. he's got the rhymes he's got a really cool video it's called roland stoned okay i haven't seen yeah. that <laughs> yeah roland stone it's him driving around town Rolling in a joint and smoking while he's driving. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Totally living up to the stereotype of being a stoner, right? right That's sort right. of what it comes down to. But I, I want to get into that, and I, and I love Superjoint. It's Hot Rock Superjoint. Yes. And I saw him a couple years ago over at the 
it was the uh, the 420 Fest at a hotel on Camelback, and he was doing his show. It was in the afternoon, and there was like one person in the crowd watching him. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I got some video of it. It was so sad. I was like, that was the first time I ever seen him before, and I had no, no clue what he was about, you know, but he's a great dude, and he's yeah, a he lot is. of fun, and I've been dying to get him on the show here, but he works on Saturday, so it's tough. We'll have to maybe get him in Just on Just tell him you'll have weed. He'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that is music from right here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where we're, uh, we are broadcasting from at the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel Studios. And my name is Kevin Gassman, but of course you can call me Gas. It's all good. And we are uh, going global with Gas. Man. And that's Carl, the intern, What's and, and uh, Sean Morley from or AKA Val Venus from the WWE, the big, the big Val Boski is with us here. And we're uh, chatting the first hour. We're kind of getting into your libertarian roots and getting to find out, uh, you know, where you stand on a few different subjects. And, uh, and uh, just real quickly, because we kind of pushed it back a couple of times, uh, a world where there's no money, where there's no exchange, there's no possessions. Come on, imagine, imagine a world of no possessions, right? Yeah. So uh, I need you to explain that to me because I, I don't quite follow uh, exactly what the concept entails. Like, I can't picture it. I get okay. Yeah, yeah. So we, we've been you've been mentioning this, and I just have to get this out before we start talking about it. Every time you say it, you've said it, I keep thinking of the movie um, the the beach with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio about that that cashless society that lived on that island outside of Southeast Asia. And uh, it, it eventually d- disrupted and in, in the society came to an end. But it was one of those utopian-type style things where you came, there's no cash, you just all contributed. But, right. But I don't know if you're familiar with the movie or not. No, I'm, I didn't see that movie. But in the movie um, Zeitgeist, I believe it is, that there's a uh, little vignette of the Venus Project which is a community based on no money. It's a no money society. So, but everybody has duties. Everybody has to do something because if the, nobody does anything, then, then garbage is going to pile up and craps could not get flushed down. So, I mean, you have to realize to, to live. I mean, if you take it down to the core basics of what human nature, I mean, we're talking with, uh, you know, with human nature. Let's go back to like developing our social before we had a crap indoors. You know, right. we used to have to crap outside. You right. know, that's just what it was. We had to make, make do with the bare minimum. Now we have so much, we have lost tap with our roots of the bare minimum of what it needs to, t- to what we need to take or what it, what it needs to take to survive. You know, what, it, what you need to do. And, and there's no more survival skills anymore, I don't think. They've kind of taken that away from us. You know, I don't know how to, I mean, I probably could if I really, really needed to kill an animal in the, in the field and, and cook it and eat it, you know. Oh, I'm sure if you were hungry if enough, you're hungry you would twice I, about it. Right, exactly. I mean, I'm mean, not stupid. I know how to do that. But I'm just right. thinking in general, um, we get so coddled in our society and how we live that, I mean, God, man, a blackout happens and, you know, people die, you know, because yeah. they don't know how to live without energy or without electricity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, here's the thing. As far as cashless societies go, um, I mean, as a libertarian, uh, I believe wholeheartedly in in property rights. Uh, So and I I believe if America were a libertarian country uh, through and through, uh, I'm not against socialism. I'm not against communism or fascism or or even, you know, obviously libertarianism. Uh, But 
here, here's how it breaks down. A libertarian society will always accept private communities that want to have, like, for example, gas, if, if you wanted to go and buy, I don't know, you'll say you and a bunch of investors decide to go and buy a couple thousand acres, uh, maybe a million acres, and you build yourself a small town. And so it, while you're building these homes and you're building these, uh, these commercial buildings inside this town that you own, you have, I mean, under freedom, you have the option. You can lease out the buildings. You can sell the buildings under contract where the people that buy in this community have to abide by these rules. Right. Uh, so, for example, um, you know, you could say, hey, we're not going to have any taxes at all in our community, but every year we're going to tally up how much it's going to cost to fix the roads, and we're going to divvy that up percentage-wise between all of us residents of this town. Yeah, and all of that's yeah. done by contract when they buy into that community. Right. And so the, the community next door might be a completely communist community. You want to buy a home there? You can absolutely buy a home there, but you're going to pay 50% of your wages uh, to the government so they can provide you sewer services, uh, water services, uh, electricity. They're going to provide you your food. Uh, you know what I mean? So I'm, so, not, I'm not against right. communist societies. I'm against the use of intimidation, coercion, and force. And so if, if somebody wants to be a communist, uh, private property rights must be respected. Right. If that communist or communists, uh, plural, uh, buy up a bunch of land and create a communist community, they have every right to do that. What they don't have a right to do is force people into that community. Uh, and, and so that's basically – a libertarian community is very, very uh, diverse. I don't think uh, everybody obviously in a libertarian community is not going to be freedom-loving. But they have the opportunity to live under a controlled uh, – uh, under control of, uh, of other entities or other human beings if they live in a community that uh, – They like. They like. Right. So, and they, volunteer, they voluntarily choose to okay. live in that community. So you would see it in a sense like – Different, like part of a city in a sense, or maybe different little cities in the state can operate and run by any rule they want to run. Absolutely. See, I think that's a pretty cool idea. I mean, Absolutely. I think if I you mean, want to live in that direction, you live in that way, that's fine. Just don't make everybody live that way. Absolutely. Right. The people that want to live that way and believe in that lifestyle should be able to, should be had the freedom. Right. To go and live under a communist community. Right. Now, the federal government's only job would be is to protect every citizen's right to life, liberty, and property. So if someone's living in that communist community and they voluntarily moved in there, they signed the contract saying, I'll give up, you know, 60% of my wages that I earn to the government to keep my community nice. Uh, and then 10 years later, they decide, you know what, this 60% tax rate's getting a little ridiculous. I'm going to move over to the completely libertarian community about 50 miles from here. Uh, they got lots of businesses there that are looking to hire, and I get to keep everything I earn, and I just pay, you know, whatever for the services that I use. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of opportunities for different water companies that would deliver water to your house. Right, you would think. Uh, yeah, every, you see, know. that's the thing is everything would be taken care of. Right. And so if that person wants to leave that communist community and head off to that libertarian community, right. the communist, uh, the communist community cannot, uh, restrict that human being from getting up and moving only at the point that they do restrict that human being from getting up and moving to a different community is when the government should show their hand. That government should be there to protect every right, every citizen's right to life, to liberty, and to property. And if anybody or any entity is violating that, uh, the, any of those rights, uh, then that's the only time federal government should show its hand. Essentially, what you're you're giving people choice. 
Exactly. Right now, we don't have a choice. Exactly. We have to buy health care, for example, that is dictated by uh, Obama and the Democrats. Uh, my, I don't have a problem with Obamacare. I have no problem with Obamacare whatsoever, except that it's mandatory. And so and that's what I'm against. I'm against the use of force. Let it be voluntarily or, or voluntary. Uh, in in that case there, I think uh, Obamacare is fine and dandy. I know I wouldn't personally buy into it, but I'm sure there's some that will. I thought it was, it was supposed to be um, free. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I'm really bummed out about. And I'm like, is, isn't this so – I'll tell know, you, man. Obamacare <laughs> was designed to literally bankrupt the insurance industry or to make it so uh, expensive that no one can uh, can afford it any longer. And what happens is government is unpurposely creating a problem with health insurance. And so when they see what happens when people can't buy it uh, or they just get uh, – the, the insurance companies just go out of business essentially. Right. Uh, then, of course, government comes in the front door and says, see what the free market did? They couldn't handle – they couldn't stay in business and provide you with health care. So don't worry. I have the solution. It's right. called universal health care. And so he has to prove that – I mean, let's – prime example. No longer have pre-existing conditions. How can you dictate to an insurance company that you can't have pre-existing conditions? How can you predict, or how can you dictate to a, an auto insurance company that you can't have an accident uh, before you have insurance? Do you know what I mean? I mean, if that makes sense, I'm still really high. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, if if we apply Obama's uh, no pre-existing condition uh, rule. Right. Uh, to the auto industry, well, fuck, just don't pay for your auto insurance. Wait until you get in an accident, and then and then call the general. Right. <laughs> I call the general, man. I didn't. I didn't get to wear his helmet. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Dude, that, that commercial, by the way, a little side note is if you remember, see the guy and the the guy who gets promoted. You're that, so high right now. <laughs> You're so high. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if you've seen this one or you. Uh, it's it's a guy they have it at the office, and. What was that noise? I don't know. Oh, it's a cleaning crew. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so if um, if it was, where was I? <laughs> you were talking okay, the commercial. About the commercial, yeah, commercial. Okay. general. So the commercial is it's an office setting. It's the dude who's like wearing the helmet, and the boss comes in, and the guy's telling his three friends at work how he got this great deal on auto insurance. <laughs> and so the, so the boss goes in my office now, and then he comes back, and they're like, "What happened? What happened? What did he say?" He's like, "I got a promotion." <laughs> and there's three people, and two of them are happy, and the other guy is pissed. <laughs> and it's a small little commercial. I never saw this commercial. Yes, is it on yeah. all the time? Yeah, it's on all the time, man. <laughs> See, I've never well, seen I have that. an antenna on my TV. That's why I get shitty commercials like that. Oh, I got you. I got you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen that commercial. Uh, don't even get me started on auto insurance companies, man. I think that's the next fucking ripoff, man. I mean, you're paying 100 bucks a month. And nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, and when you need something, you still got to pay. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't understand that, and it really bothers me. Now, that needs to be reformed. Well, I'll tell you, get government out of the way. Yeah. Here's the problem. If you want to start your own, uh, your, your own small uh, car, insurance? Insur car insurance company on a shoestring budget, you can't do it because the bar has been set so high by government's rules and regulations, it would cost you millions and millions right. of dollars to buy the bond and everything else just to get started. Mm. That is basically eliminates 90% of the competition that America could bring yeah. forth, okay? So it's a government-protected monopoly that only a few companies uh, can, can, actually, can actually, you know, 
meet those rules yeah. and regulations. And so without competition, you get this kind of garbage. With competition, they would be forced to bring their rates down and improve their quality. Because, I mean, it's either that or the boy next door is going to produce a company that will attract customers better than you can uh, by lowering the cost and producing better quality. You know what we're doing, which is really interesting if you really think about this, is uh, my $100 a month goes towards commercials on TV. If you look at car insurance, I mean, when, when you watch football on Sunday, the commercials are fast. They're going to be food, car, or like insurance. Right. You know, that's, that, that's where you're at. You know, that's, it's, it's a weird combination of the three. Right. You can make a drinking game out of it, you know, because you're like, right, right. it's going to be a car commercial. It's going to be a food commercial. It's going to be an insurance commercial. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's bizarre how much commercials cost. Geico's got five different campaigns going on right now, yeah. and everyone around the country knows how much money they're spending on that. Oh yeah, that's why I'm paying a hundred dollars a month on my car insurance, right? Because I'm supporting your advertising habit, right? When in just a thought, what do you, what are your what are your thoughts on the the co-op societies, where you know originally the cooperative society started as as food, you know, food banks, right? Um, what just in general, what thoughts do you have on, on the co-op idea and how that could help? I have absolutely no problem whatsoever with a co-op society as long as it's uh, voluntary. Right. Yeah. Th- that's just Are you talking it. about like people making like their own uh, food in their backyard and everyone shares? Hey, I'll make the carrots and sure. sell it. Yeah, there are people that do that yeah. today. Right. You know, there are people that do that today. You know, yeah, you're just trading. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing is, again, it's like so, so should every city have this, this compartmentalization <laughs> of of lifestyle. No, I think individuals should. So, for example, let's say you and I, uh, we believe in a socialist society. Uh, we should have every right in the world to acquire you know, like-minded investors to, you know, start a, a, a business or an agreement uh, amongst like-minded individuals that we're going to buy up this land and we're going to develop a community that we can offer to people that like the socialist type of lifestyle. So you're th- it's an up and move is what you're talking about. It's not really an up and move. It's I mean, it doesn't have to be. I mean, in a libertarian community, for example, I can see your home uh, and maybe the next door neighbor living with an assault with a, a voluntary uh, based uh, social agreement between you between the two families uh, or three families or four families you know right. you don't have to live next door to each other and I you know like for Obamacare for example Obamacare is mandatory for all Americans I'm just saying make it maybe my next door neighbor wants it maybe I don't what's the problem let him buy it if he wants it I don't right. want it I shouldn't have to buy that. No, right. Exactly. And so exactly. It, doesn't, it doesn't have to be a location-based uh, agreement. It can be, absolutely. But in a libertarian society, there are probably – and I, I'm only thinking of just a couple of different ways society would operate under a libertarian society. But let's face it. A true free market that's based on a libertarian society, uh, you could get millions of different lifestyles that are completely voluntary. You know, And so it's, it's not something that's a location – everybody buys yeah. this land, you know. It may be that, but it could be your home's communist and my home's libertarian. You know, we just buy into the programs that we want and the programs that we don't want. We just do you think I mean, you're you're right. I mean, I I think when people don't get their way, it makes them angry. It makes them upset and no one cares about them. And then they, you know, they shout out and they react in in violent ways. They react in in, in other ways, verbal ways and and whatever it is. But the fact is, is that 
if people were given more of a chance and opportunity to live the life that they want to live as opposed to the life they have to live, which is, you know, check by check if they're lucky to have a job, um, you know, uh, shitty food, you know, not nourishable, you right. know, and, and what have you. Uh, if, if that was taken away and everything was given and replaced with what you need and there's no worries and stress, I mean, I think you have such a much more thriving society. So why don't we want that society for ourselves? Why do we continue to, to pay into this system that, like you said, ultimately goes to a few people? Like everything that gets paid out of my pocket and no matter where it goes to, if it's at the McDonald's or at the Best Buy, wherever it goes, it's going to eventually end up in those big banks' hands. Well, here's it, We've got a couple of minutes. We'll wrap it up. But Okay. Yeah. So basically when we go back to the big banks, uh, we're talking about a central banking cartel that produces – the product that we all use to buy and sell. Uh, So basically what happens is I would love to be able to go to my printer at home and print off Val Venus dollars or Captain Cannabis dollars, walk into Obama's Oval Office and say, hey, Obama, you know, your Federal Reserve goons, you know, they use cheap paper for their money. I'll tell you what, I've got 17 trillion of these $1 hemp-based bills that's far more valuable than that crappy paper the Federal Reserve uses. So I've got $17 trillion of these. I'm going to loan this to you. You make this the official currency of America. And, you know, you just pay me back, you know, maybe, I don't know, $30 trillion. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you're going to wonder how you're going to get the other, the other you know, uh, 23 or the other $13 trillion in, uh, in in notes? Well, I'll loan you more. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Why can't I do that? Why do these goons at the central banking cartel get to do that and we can't? Because there's two there classes first. of citizens yeah, here. Yeah, that's not because they were there first. They're, and that they've controlled everything. And right, exactly. You know? I mean, and, and that's just it. I mean, if you want to become president, oh, man. you need to use their product. <laughs> you need to you use need to right. their Federal Reserve right. notes in order to fund your own campaign. They, they got the grip early on, and they, they're the ones calling the shots. Absolutely. And, and that's just the way it's. So if you watch and maybe get down that rabbit hole of videos on YouTube about the banking system, about some of the uh, things that, that has been the struggle that's been going on and why these wars were fought and who they were funded by. It's a pretty interesting tale, and it really paints a, a clearer picture of our economy today, Absolutely. Of, of our wars, of everything else. So, um, all right, we, we're running late on this one, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to stir it up with some Bob Marley right now. Yes. And, and, and then we'll come back, and we will talk some drugs, I promise you. Absolutely. <laughs> with Val Venus, the WWE superstar, the big Val Boski. I like saying that. Hello, ladies. <laughs> you do it well. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Carl, let me give you your, get your hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. Yeah, you need some work. Yeah, hey, probably. You need some work there. It was, it was yeah, it was very, <laughs> yeah. All right. I wasn't ready.
Val Venus from the WWE hanging out with me. The big Val Boski is my guest today here as we go global with gas. Man. <laughs> on a Saturday. And uh, we're kind of on the, on the tail end of the show. And I promise we'll talk drugs because uh, Val Venus, not only is he from the WWE, but he has got his, uh, he, he have an alter, alter ego. I do. That I do. goes by the, the moniker of Captain Cannabis. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I can do that better. Captain Cannabis. Captain <laughs> Cannabis. <laughs> nice, man. Hey, and it's, yeah. it's Captain with a K. Right. And Cannabis with a K. Right. Why'd yeah. you go for the Ks on that? Because some little kid <laughs> up in Toronto. Actually, he's not a little kid. He, he's, I guess he's early 20s. So, <laughs> yeah, he took Captain already? Cannabis with a C. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a good story. Oh, yeah? Was, uh, I, I figured, oh, that's a great name. I'm going to run with that. And so I went on Twitter to make the handle. Somebody already took it. And so I'm like, oh. And I said, well, K, that would be kind of cool if I used a K, but somebody's probably already taken that. And sure enough, no one took it, so I took it. And about six months later, I'm up in Toronto at uh, Vapor Central, which is a cannabis vapor lounge downtown Toronto. Yeah. It's a phenomenal place. If you ever get to Toronto, you've got to stop by Vapor Central. You actually got to take a tour of all the vapor lounges there. Uh, I, haven't I would been love to, to go to Toronto. Oh, it's a great place. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I but heard. definitely Vapor Central, phenomenal facility uh, if you're a cannabis enthusiast. And so I was there, and I was blazing up, and this guy comes and taps me on the shoulder. He goes... Because he was following me on Twitter. We oh, followed yeah. each other. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> so he comes up and he taps me on the shoulder. And he goes, uh, hey, Val. And I turn around and I look. I said, hey, how are you doing, man? And I shook his hand. And he goes, I'm the other Captain Cannabis. <laughs> and so I met him. And, you know, we became, nice. you know, we got along real well. And right. he, uh, he actually just opened up a vapor lounge about, I want to say, maybe an hour and a half north of Toronto. In oh, a wow. town called Aurelia. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we follow each other. He keeps me up to date nice, on how man. it's going with his lounge and stuff. So. That's funny, man. Yeah, yeah. Just don't yeah. call yourself King Captain Cannabis because then, you know, KKK and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was pretty close. You can't have any. Yeah. No, no, Carl can't be a part of what you're doing. Carl can't be a part of it. No, yeah. I'd have to change my spelling of my name. And, <laughs> there you go. And, and, no, and no middle names, right? And no middle names. Captain Cannabis. <laughs> right. Nice. Well, Captain Cannabis, you are a personality online, and you uh, do follow the stories of what's going on in the world of cannabis. You know, the battle that uh, was, uh, was well, not to say won, but I mean, it was a huge battle that was won in the war on drugs, I should say, uh, against the people who were... Uh, fighting against the war on drugs right? Uh, with the government uh, when this whole big omnibus bill that passed through, now the government will no longer fund federal raids on state-run dispensaries. So right. money will not be used to fund these raids, so basically ending a portion of the war on drugs. Um, yes and no. Uh, let's face it, the walls of prohibition are crumbling at an accelerated rate uh, every day. Uh, we're, we're seeing things get better, which is a great thing to see. Uh, but the reality is uh, people are still being locked up for cannabis all over this country. Young right. people's lives are being oppressed as they're saddled with lifelong oppressive and tyrannical criminal records. Uh, until that stops, you can sit there and legalize the medical marijuana all you want. And, and solidify it. There's still an injustice in this when in regards to the cannabis plant. So, you know, so this is a mentality that people have that they're so just animately against marijuana. I, I think it's one of those things that like they would be completely for it if it was legal. Like you think that just because it's illegal, they're so staunchly against it because it's illegal. 
either people like that. Right. Uh, there's no rationale to it. It's just that None. the law makes it illegal. It's illegal. And that's how many cops operate, I believe, in the mentality against this drug. That's illegal. I don't care. Give me, give me it. You're done. You're going Absolutely. to Absolutely. Okay. So, so let's talk about that for a second because that's an important fact or an important factor. Uh, a cop acquires the power to arrest someone from from who? Where does he acquire the power to arrest someone for pot? Oh, from the state, right? And where does the state acquire their power to arrest, to have right laws arrest, allowing the arrest of people with pot? Yeah, from the government, from, from Washington. Okay. And where does Washington acquire that power? From the corporations. <laughs> but I mean, all right, but I mean, where are but, they supposed to acquire that power? From the president. Is that where you want to go to that from point? From the voters. Or, 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 the okay, voters okay, that vote the them into okay, power. Sure, okay. The people. Okay. okay. So the people, uh, government, how, how does that saying go? The um, government acquires their power from the governed? Is it something like that? I'm not familiar with that one. Basically, you're voting, you're voting people into power to do certain, certain aspects of uh, controlling life, I guess you could say. Right. Uh, so here's the reality is, let's, let's get rid of all the cannabis laws. There's no more rules on the books whatsoever regarding cannabis. Everybody's free to have it or not. And let's say I'm next door neighbor to you, Kevin, and I don't like pot. And you have pot in your home, you're smoking it, and you're growing it, and I think it's going to ruin your life. And I bust down your door, I tackle you to the ground, I handcuff you, I take your weed and destroy it, and I lock you in my basement for, I don't know, I, I figure two weeks is a good punishment. What would happen to me? I'd be arrested for break and enter, assault, kidnapping, false imprisonment. Very real crimes. Agree? Yes. Okay, those are very real crimes. Now, all of a sudden, we have a prohibition in, in on cannabis, okay, because I voted someone into power to break down your door for me, to tackle you for me, to handcuff you for me, to steal your marijuana and destroy it for me. And now it's called an arrest, and now it's something moral, now it's something ethical. You haven't violated anyone's right to life, liberty, or property. Someone please explain to me how something that is essentially a real crime of kidnapping, break and enter, assault, and theft of property, how does that get converted into something that's moral and ethical and called an arrest and called justice? How does that happen? What are the magical words on a piece of paper that, that are, we call law? How do those magical words in English turn something that is essentially a crime something that is immoral, something that is unethical or unethical into something that's justice, moral, ethical, and the cops call it an arrest instead of assault, kidnapping. How do English words magically change a real crime that violates your right to life, liberty, and property into something that's called an arrest and confiscation and justice? How does that happen? It's a society we accepted. If I can't break into your home and steal your pot and throw you in my basement for two weeks, I don't have a right to vote someone into power to do it for me. Right. It doesn't matter to you whether there's a one-man dictatorship foot on your throat or a 51% or greater majority foot on your throat. You are being oppressed no matter what. And that, and, excuse me. That, and that's what I – that was, bothers me so much is everybody's telling everybody else what to do. And if it's not affecting you, it's not harming you in any form or fashion, then deal with it. It's, it's what I'm doing. Right. Okay. But the point, this is what I asked last week on the show. And I want to ask you, Sean, is this, is 
when you when you run across someone like again against this and not even just because it's illegal but just because they think it it leads to other drugs they believe all the stereotypes that it's, it's an evil it'll ruin you just like the just like the hate mail you got that you oh, posted yeah. on Facebook which I want to I want you to read that okay yeah, I definitely want the you to read the last one I just got yeah, yeah, yeah by yeah. that Thomas guy yes do you oh, want me to my, read that right now yeah I want to I want to get to that in a second okay. but um uh, I guess yeah I, guess, I I totally forgot my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> Where was I at? So you you were talking about uh, other drugs and and how it leads to other drugs. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying like what I want to. Yeah. How, okay. So how do you approach someone who believes all of that, all the antiquated mentality of negative connotations to marijuana? How do you tell that? How do you show them a different perspective where they go, huh? I never thought of it that way. What do you tell them that? Okay. So it, it, here's the reality is. Uh, I'm on social media all the time, really pushing the benefits of marijuana, the the absolute disgrace that is prohibition on right. marijuana. Uh, so, and people are people are understanding, you know that they're learning from. I mean, I learned from uh, you know people that uh, understood what the cannabis plant was. I mean, I used to be anti anti as well. That's the way we were all taught, and so I understand how some people can be so indoctrinated into believing that cannabis is just an evil plant. Uh, and uh, you know what? Under a libertarian society, they should have every single right in the world to believe that. But what they need to do is learn how to respect other people's right to life, liberty, and property and let them live their own lives. Right. If, if they're completely against pot, don't smoke pot. It's plain and simple. No one's forcing but them to how smoke do you, pot. But how do you get them to stop worrying about me smoking pot? <laughs> if they respect other people's right to life, liberty, and property, right. who cares? Okay, but again— You don't have to stop them those from worrying people, about But it. these are the people that are—they're just so—they're arrogant in their ignorance. Yes, I agree. And, and it's hard to get them— to come around. It's hard to let them, you know, hey, you know, hey, this is this is good. Believe it or not, this will benefit you without you even knowing. And you're going to be like, wow, what a wonderful world we live in nowadays. Now that this is more prevalent. Yeah, I just don't I, because it already is prevalent. Well, it's massively prevalent. And this country, this world operates stoned. Let's not fool. Any, let's not fool <laughs> I'm anybody. I'm operating stone right now. <laughs> but let's not fool anybody for real. I mean, this plant's been around since the day of since the dawn of time. Absolutely, and it has been used since the dawn. Since the first time man has figured out how to use it, it's been used in all different ways in all different societies all around this world. So to come out and say this moralistically, this is bad for you, in just the recent you know hundred less than a hundred years, over thousands of years of evolution. Is, is mind-boggling. And the fact that we still lo- live by archaic laws that were set in 1971, was that when the drug war began? Uh, that's when Nixon's drug war started. Yeah. That's but the, really, right. the, the prohibition of cannabis started in, yeah, 1937. Right. Okay. But I'm just saying, yeah, I mean, we're, we're living by laws in, in, that were made from Nixon, a crappy president who, who, who had to quit. He resigned. Yeah. And, the, and we're still believing these laws. I just like, and that alone should be making, yeah, we should change these things, man. Hey, the problem is, is let's say government's very good at indoctrinating people. It's, I mean, I, like I said, I came out of high school, pretty much a hardcore left-wing socialist without even knowing what a socialist was because I didn't care about politics really. Uh, but that was the power of indoctrination. They had dumbed me down. They had me believing that, you know, government is, is great right. and that we should just believe everything they told us, you know. And, and I was anti-marijuana for, for a year up until I was 28 years old. 
Uh, and so it's one of those things where the, the power of indoctrination, some people just are never going to be able to break free from that indoctrination. Uh, you know, and, and when you have media who's complacent in pushing that propaganda, I mean, they'll sit there. How many times has Nancy Grace said, uh, you know, stoners, when they smoke marijuana, oh, sit yeah. on the couch and do nothing and they don't have a life? Is that the kind of people we want uh, in this country? Do we want to dumb our kids down? You know what? I know a lot of real smart, productive and ambitious stoners. I know very few people that are super lazy. And it's not because of weed. Right. <laughs> They're just lazy yeah. and they just so happen to smoke weed. It, it is a stereotype. I, I do believe the, the Cheech and Shank stereotype needs to kind of fizzle away. Right. It just does, you know, and, and, and I do have kind of a stigma towards stoners. And, you know, I, I, um, I smoked pot first time when I was 12, 13 years old around that time, probably 12, I would say. And, uh, it, it, you know, I've experienced it, but I'm not like, I don't need to be the coolest stoner. Okay. Right, right. And I think there's that stigma and there's that isolation among the culture where people have to feel that they're better than everyone else because they smoke harder than you or they get more stone. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. You I got, get you, more stone than you, man. I'm the ultimate stoner, D. Oh, yeah. And you, you, know, you, that you get the same thing with but, all different substances, including alcohol. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you're not as proud to be a drunk as you are a stoner, I think. Well, because with stoners, they can function. Yeah, right. So that's you kind know. of a, that's kind of a bad side effect for, right. for, guys, for guys like that to be. I mean, yeah. Because, but I just think there's this, there's this arrogance with it. There's this arrogance that you don't know shit. I know everything. Right. And there's that kind of. It's a weird rub of like, yeah, we're a tight community, but we're not because you've seen it and you've seen the division in within the cannabis community. Yeah, yeah. And and, and there's a lot of that. Yeah, and uh, and we'll, we'll we'll dive a little bit more into the community, and I want you to read that uh, post, or you got a that you got an email, a uh, hate mail, right, uh, from someone here in Phoenix. Yes, and we'll discuss that when we come back. You're gonna read that when we come back first. All right, so let's uh, jam some uh, let's jam some uh, brewfish, and we'll come back. This is radio. You're uh, you're kind of on it. It's online, VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. As you're going global with gas, man.
That's music from Long Beach, California, Brewfish with Radio. I really dig those guys. Uh, Alex Case, he's the uh, singer of the band. What a real cool voice, man. He guys got so he's different inflections. If you listen to their album, which you need to get, it's uh, really cool. And uh, take a listen to it, but do that on your own time. Because right now we're uh, closing up the show with uh, Captain Cannabis. I, I feel like like I want to say, you know, there's uh, Captain um, Caveman. Do you remember Captain Caveman? No, I don't remember Captain Caveman. Really? Well, I was in the American cartoon. I feel like Captain Caveman when I got the Purple Haze House smoking away. Yeah. Yes, you are. You uh, have a place. Uh, is that your 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 part ownership in there, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, part owner. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's called the Purple Haze House in Tempe, Arizona. It's uh, Tempe's uh, relatively first uh, official uh, cannabis vapor lounge. It's a phenomenal facility. Of it's course, great. It's uh, a lot we've of fun. Had you there performing before? Yeah, doing comedy uh, there. Absolutely, yeah. that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you introduced me, and you were doing this rap. And I caught it on my phone, but I only caught like the last like 20 seconds of it. But you, uh, had, it, you had it going for a while, oh man. Yeah, I can flow a little and, bit. And you actually said you, you wrote that on a plane? Yeah, I wrote it on a plane. <laughs> on the way to Europe, I was bored. And I just nice. started you know, <laughs> something out. Free flowing. <laughs> nice, man. It was, it was really cool, man. I, so it's nice to be introduced by you, man. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, it's, a, it's a fabulous place. So there's video games people can play. There's an arcade game. People can chill on little couches. You have yep. the Dab Bar. The Dab Bar is which a is big hit. The ultimate new thing that's going on in the world of cannabis is a way to uh, inject your medicine, if you will, through uh, wax. Through waxes, yeah. yeah. You, uh, you can dab uh, wax, butter, you know, wh- whatever your medication is that you want to bring in, right. uh, edibles, flour. Uh, but at the dab bar, you can bring your concentrates up there. We do have a community nail. It's an electric nail, so you can use that at your convenience. We have alcohol swabs that you can, out of, an, out of a glass dish, you can take that and clean the mouthpiece and, uh, you know, do your dab at the community nail. Uh, and we have rentals there as well. We have uh, bongs and dab rigs as well, titanium nails, ceramic, glass yeah. nails, whatever your preference. Uh, it's a pretty fascinating place, and, and yeah. the concept of it is is unique. It's new. Um, I'd imagine pretty soon we'll start seeing more of these, especially since— it there's some more opening up now. Right. Yeah. And our, I mean, obviously you must follow the letter of the law. I mean, you must know this thing left and right and make sure, because, I mean, I'd imagine they're just waiting for something to happen. Oh, sure they are. I mean, obviously I would love to be free enough to offer house strains that are grown in the back of marijuana and uh, import strains from famous growers all over the world. So I can offer customers uh, different strains of marijuana, just like a wine tasting facility, Uh, but it would be all cannabis. I would love to be able to have the freedom to do that. Uh, Obviously, right now, you'd be facing serious jail time if if that were the case. So uh, it's a bring your own uh, medication. You legally buy it from the dispensaries. Uh, You can bring that medication into our facility. We have a daily membership, a monthly membership or an annual membership and what it is essentially is a sanctuary uh, for it gives you another alternative you don't have to go from the dispensary to your home to smoke you can go to this to the dispensary to our purple haze house and you can enjoy bands you can enjoy comedy video games just general cat conversation students come in there during the daytime uh, they blaze up they use our free wi-fi right. uh, and because it's a little quieter during the daytime they study some groups of friends will come in and just sit around and blaze up drink coffee and just you know chit chat it's really a, a private social club for cannabis users. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a nice place, and it's got a nice vibe too. It's got a great vibe. Yeah, and I really and I really enjoy uh, spending time over there too. Uh, it is unique. It's different, um, you know. But again, you know, not everyone's for it. Still, um, Arizona, where we are located, you know, it's still. 
uh, not in favor of marijuana, unfortunately. I think, uh, you know, we just elected another Republican in office. Yes. Who's more than likely just another puppet um, yep. just to continue this uh, whatever crap is being dispersed upon us. Um, but I, I think, you know, in, in essence, you see the big tide turning nationally. You're starting to see it internationally. Yes. And it's just time to let it go. It yeah. is time for people who are against this, who are just, just do not like it. Uh, it's time to recognize your, um, I guess, I don't know, I mean, your humility of learning the fact that you, you were wrong all this time. It, that's a, it takes, it takes a, it takes a lot to stand back and say, wow, I was wrong about right. that. It took and it's me hurtful. a lot. To, yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it sucks. It sucks to be long. Look, when I got busted from my DUI back in 2003, that was really my tipping point of, of all right, the system's jerked. Right, right. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was really my – even beforehand, I was always skeptical. I really came, you know, I always, I'm a pretty smart guy, so I figured it out already. But I, when, I, when it happened to me, you know, when that whole thing that, that will never happen to me did happen to me, I was like, the system is fucked. Right. And that's when I really started paying closer attention to what is going on. And it's just a fact of, uh, of uh, like in these, these blowhards thinking they should rule the ways we live our lives. Oh, absolutely. Whether Republican or Democrat. And that this, the, the mindset of living on your own to do your own thing has just, has just been lost. And that is really the true American way of living is to be alone to do what you want to do. And right. now we have to do what everybody else wants to do. And right. not even everybody else. It's usually a small minority. I, I just don't know too many people, if you went around America, that would be in favor of some of the things that are going in the wrong direction. Yeah, it, it, goes, it breaks down to you have these talking heads. Like you have Sean Hannity, for example. Right. He's you have terrible. Bill, terrible. And, and Bill O'Reilly. And they, they want to push their morality on everyone else. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, to me, is... is and here's a guy, he's not stupid. He's incredibly intelligent. And it just boggles my mind how somebody this intelligent can be so indoctrinated with false propaganda against cannabis. I know. It's just amazing. Somebody that intelligent should be able to pick <laughs> up a book, right. read the book, and not just read the book, but understand the words that he's reading and realize that he's been lied to and indoctrinated all of his life. And he should be able to have the balls to come out and say, hey, you know what? I read this. <laughs> right. I completely understand it. I was wrong all my life about cannabis right things are changing right now <laughs> that's not him he wants to push his moral view on america right. and it's just like that hate mail i got he wants to this, this I, i'm assuming he's a pastor uh, and he wants to push his moral view on me he wants to he wants to force me to you know live the way he sees i should live yeah I, that's what I, I want to get to this letter okay this is pretty much exactly the type of person we're talking about oh you want me to read it yeah i want yeah i want you to get ready to read it um this is this is completely a I, in my mind i read it and it is it is very brainwashed. Um, you'll you you see it, it read between the lines. It's very easy to figure out that this guy is uneducated on this on this subject, um, and is part of the problem and not the solution. And his solution is to take away our freedoms to live the way he lives, much like Sharia law would be. Absolutely, if Islamic states were being put into place. So let's not forget the differences there. So yes, read away. Your hate mail to Captain Cannabis. All right. So this is uh, an email that I got a few days ago here. Uh, here's how it starts out right off the bat. You, sir, are the worst kind of human trash I have ever seen. 
You polluted the minds of my people while you were playing the part of a porn star in WWE. Then I come to find you are polluting the minds of my American people again with your asinine rants about Mary Hanna. He spells, <laughs> it, spells it the old 1930s way with, with the H. H. Yeah, yeah, Mary Hanna. Mary Hanna. Are you stupid or are you just evil? Mary Hanna is an illegal drug because it ruins lives and destroys families. I counsel family members at my church who have lost loved ones from overdosing on Mary Hanna. I have seen the heartache mothers and fathers endure when their son or daughter gets addicted to marijuana <laughs> and they drop out of school, run away, and leave the parents wondering if they will find them dead in a ditch from a marijuana overdose. <laughs> I am pleading with you to find God and accept Jesus as your Savior. He is the way and he can change your life. You have a lot of influence from your career and if you speak out and if you speak out against marijuana, you can save lives, and Jesus will love you for that. I can help you. <laughs> if you don't reach out to me for help and I see you are continuing to push this very dangerous drug on Americans, I will have no other choice but to inform the Maricopa. Maricopa County Sheriff's Department about your online marijuana activities <laughs> on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I promise you, they will not take kindly to your kind. You, sir, are at a crossroads right now. God has shown you his hand of mercy through me. Please reach out and take his hand or suffer in prison for a long, long time. I hope you will accept my offer of help and your life will change for the better. I hope to hear from you within one week or I will call a sheriff's department and your life will be over as you know it. Take the hand of light and let go of the hand of dark. Thomas. <laughs> so uh, there I, you have it. I, that guy's a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. How can no. this guy be so churchy and yet pull something like this, you know? That's, it, it's, sick of, it's that sycophantic, power-hungry, control freak Uh attitude mindset that they've been indoctrinated with well, take, it's, take it's all my, lies well there's, there's, nobody's a, ever overdosed right nobody not well, one single yeah, person's ever overdosed it's, from all marijuana. Bullshit. it's scary talk is what it is he's yeah. just trying to freak you out but the, the thing is just take my hand i'll save you from all this yeah it's like are you it's it, it's it's a dementia right <laughs> i mean it's jesus a delusion he wants to jesus. be seen as your your re savior your right. your hero the person who saved you from the wrong absolutely and i mean jesus would always extend his hand out right. and say, take my hand. Right. But if you chose not to take your hand, he'd shrug his shoulders and go, okay. You're on your own. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't threaten you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lock you in a cage for a long, long time, I'm like a caged animal. I'm surprised like burning fire wasn't involved in this. Right? Like, I mean. What a full, well, he's so full of himself, though, to think that, you know, the very dangerous marijuana. 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 <laughs> Um, obviously, again, he does not taking the time to figure out. I mean, if the if the culture of the world is is progressing towards the the legalization of it and the overall, hey man, you can just do it yourself. Why can't he see that? Is he? I mean, it's, I mean, it's the power of corporate indoctrination on America and the world, really. Uh, and of course, all these big corporations are funded and actually, by default, owned by the banking, the central banking cartel. Uh, and so, here was basically what happened: is you take corporations like the Rockefeller Oil, which was Standard Oil at the time, right. and they became a big, I guess, you if you want to say monopoly, they weren't. 
weren't, I don't particularly think they were a monopoly. At the time, there was nothing else really restricting other Americans from getting into the oil business. They just so happened to be one of the first ones, and they grew up big enough to where they could uh, get people Figure elected out, to yeah. use government to protect their monopoly. Right. Um, and what happened was, is when the new processing procedures to process hemp uh, were invented, and it made the processing of hemp uh, so much quicker, the hemp industry start, started to grow. Henry Ford jumped on board and created the hemp car fueled by hemp fuel uh, and or, or powered by hemp fuel. And this scared the oil industry. It scared the cotton industry as well. The, you know, cotton had grown up into this huge industry after the cotton gin was invented and right. left hemp behind because hemp was still processed by hand at the time. Well, now all these new processing inventions were created for hemp and cotton and oil and, and big lumber. And, of course, the, the newly created synthetic pharmaceutical industry, which is very small at the time, uh, saw an opportunity. Hey, if we can get hemp illegal, we can grow big and sell our synthetic drugs rather than these cannabis-based cough syrups that children were using at the time. It was completely normal right. and safe to use. Right. And so the only way parents would buy synthetic cough syrup for their kids is we got to get hemp off the shelves. And of course, lumber and cotton and, and uh, big oil all, all threatened. So they all ganged up right. and they labeled hemp <laughs> marijuana. They demonized it and created this fear-mongering into the minds of Americans. Right. Right. And it stood sense. It's but just don't the you way think? Okay, but look that—that's just an evil plot. And it, okay, you—you you could almost say that's a some scientific story or a conspiracy theory written in a book somewhere. Well, but it's actual reality. It happened. Yeah, and there's there's it's, still one to two generations who grew up in that era living on the earth today. Yeah, well, and uh, and those are generally the minds that you have to change, or those older generations who grew up with that fear mongering. I think right. the internet. Is, I think that's the big movement behind the legalization <laughs> of marijuana is the free flow of information on the Internet. And I think that's also why you're seeing a very strong push for stupid ass programs like CISPA and SOPA that want to control everything on the Internet that you say and do. And so uh, it, the, that's basically that government and the ba banking, the central bank cartel do not want people having access to a complete free flow of information. I got one word to you. One word. I got one word. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe They're destructing us, man. They're deconstructing our society. <laughs> I'm going to send you some links, man. I mean, I got down the rabbit hole on TV, on YouTube and watch all these, you know, these stories yeah. about aliens and stuff like that. It's pretty fascinating stuff. It man. is. And, I mean, and I, 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 you know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope there is other life out there because yeah. that would be cool as fuck. But <laughs> it would be cool. I just don't believe it. Nice. I, I mean, they, they say there's actually aliens living. One of your guys in Canada actually said it like he's like, dude, we, there are aliens that live amongst us. They live amongst us. Uh, I just I can't believe this is your, that. somebody from the Ministry of Defense in Canada who's retiring or something like that. By the way, what side of Canada are you from? You're the West uh, or Toronto. East? So you're the Toronto. Uh, yeah, area. I'm on okay. the east side, but not right on the east coast, right, right above Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's not was, too far from Buffalo. Yeah. No. No. Right on, man. Right on. Yeah. When when, when my, you... my grandma's from Toronto. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, yeah. It's one of those things my uh, my parents told me. But you've never been yeah. up there. 
No, the closest I got was Montreal. Uh, was Montreal, and I yeah. drove drove through Buffalo and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, because yeah. Toronto was about and maybe what a couple hours from Buffalo, uh, about four four and a half hours. I guess. And a half? Yeah, yeah, about that. It was yeah. too far for me to go at the time I was there, but I would love to. I want to go see the Hockey Hall of Fame. I see, yeah, I, I, I want to see Toronto. Uh, Toronto's a, yeah. Toronto's a nice city. Uh, it's uh, but the vapor lounges. I mean, that's yeah. whenever I go up to Toronto. Yeah, I definitely hit Vapor Central. I am going to tour the rest of the vapor lounges too and check them out. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I've done my show in Montreal. I was at the Just for Last comedy festival there's no reason why going global with gas man can't broadcast from toronto and or anywhere else along this planet oh i, I think vapor central they actually have all the equipment there i believe because they do shows on uh, pot tv up in canada yeah, there. Do, yeah do they want to sponsor this show they may you can they, reach out to them yeah. yeah you want to fly me out there i'll do a show from your place yeah yeah dude they may do that yeah. they may do that yeah you should you, reach out to them chris goodwin is the one you want to talk you'll, to you'll come out with me I would be there in a heartbeat. Nice, man. You don't got to twist my arm to go to Vapor Central. Awesome, man. I was, I was definitely down with that. All right, man. Well, th- thank you so much, man. I, uh, we're out of time, unfortunately. I, we can talk more about this. And maybe oh, I'll definitely invite you back. Yeah, well, thank uh, you. I appreciate it. Absolutely, because uh, you know, th- we're kind of like I, opening up some of these uh, subject matter, I think, for people – who might not really be aware of really what's going on. I think people are aware, but, I mean, I think we really dove into some really cool stuff today. And I think uh, I'd love to have you back on and do more of this and, and really get involved with, uh, you know, what's, what's happening around you, man. You know? Right. Be aware of what's going on because before you know it, you're going to be locked up somewhere. What happened? Like, oh, you did this. What? What do you mean? That, that's illegal? I, I didn't yeah. know that was illegal. I never knew that. Yeah, well, you voted it in, man. Yeah, it's crazy that you can just vote someone into power to and create a crime that's essentially not a crime. Yeah, you know. Well, you, you vote the guy Kevin Yoder in, in Kansas, and he puts in the city bill, the city, uh, the city bank words in that omnibus bill. Yeah, and now you have the dude Andy Higgins, I believe, in in uh, Maryland, I believe yep. it is, uh, screwing up the D.C. Um, legalization of marijuana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, one man shut I it know, down, it's, and all the funding for his campaigns were. Big pharmaceutical companies. Go figure. It's crazy. I know. Scratching the surface with Sean Morley, a.k.a. Val Venus, a.k.a. Captain Cannabis with K's. And you can find him online. Look him up and follow him and educate yourself. Some of the things you post is good stuff. So I thank you so much for joining me here. Well, thank you for having me, bro. Absolutely. Thank you. We got to go back to the Purple Haze House and blaze on (laughs) it. Let's do it, man. (laughs) Uh, Carl the intern, thank you, man. Oh, for sure, man. Always. Yeah, thanks, Carl. Next week will be uh, Christmas. So uh, we'll talk then. And we'll see what we got for Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> and happy Hanukkah, everyone. It's still going on. So let's not neglect those people. And Kwanzaa, why not? We're in there. Yeah, we are. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Thanks for going global with gas. Man.